Welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast with Lawrence Munaig, where we explore the ketogenic lifestyle and how it can improve your physical and mental health. Each week, we bring you valuable insights and advice from experts to help you on your journey to a healthier lifestyle. This episode is brought to you by BasicKetogenicLifestyle.com, where Lawrence coaches individuals with depression to reverse their symptoms and achieve a healthier, happier life using an evidence-based approach. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive deep into the world of ketones and coffee. Subscribe to the Ketones and Coffee podcast today and never miss an episode. I have a passion. I want to share that passion because if it saved my life, it's going to save somebody else's. And that's what I want. I just want to spread a message of Christ. I want to spread a message of eating well. I want people to get off of medicines. People want to know an answer. You eat something that's high fat. You eat something with high protein. And that might sustain you for another 24 hours. And most people don't believe that. Until they prove it to themselves. Give yourself three days, seven days, 14 days. I don't care. Give yourself time to figure that out because when you've done it, you now know what your body needs. Hey guys, welcome to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast where we talk about creating a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet. I'm Lawrence, a certified ketogenic health coach, and I'm so grateful for, to have you guys on the show. And we have Greg here, the RV carnivore. Hey everybody. Uh, thank you so much guys for joining. And Greg, thank you so much. Thank for you for having me. Um, thank you. Man, when I was talking to you yesterday and you're talking about your your journey and how you got here, how you were able to change your lifestyle to the carnivore diet, to, to a lifestyle, um, you talk about your lifestyle so religiously I can just feel how genuinely you want to help others. Yes. Um, and understand what it really means to be healthy, right? Because people great. nowadays, we talk about health and we have varying opinions about health and what it means. And so here we are today. Um, we're going to talk about your story in a little bit. But uh, now, I get, like I said, we are all confused by mm-hmm. what healthy means. And my podcast is all about just you know, bringing individuals like yourself who has really, you know, turned things around, mm-hmm. uh, healed from, uh, you know, lifestyle diseases. Mm-hmm. And your story is really interesting. Because you are somebody that uh, suffered a stroke, a uh, brainstem stroke, a brainstem stroke, yeah. and uh, you believe that you nobody can explain it. Not even your doctors can explain how you're living right now. So why don't we first speak about uh, your story and how and what got you here today? So I was extremely overweight, 250 pounds. I was probably 45 percent body fat, pushing 50 percent. I think 48 was the number I saw at one point, but I, I don't really remember. Up until about 2017, I was really unhealthy and eating the standard Western diet, everything that you shouldn't eat. Again, not knowing what was right. I've tried vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, selectitarian. Uh, now I'm carnivore. I've tried it all. I was a marathon runner. I ran uh, three 5Ks a week. Most people don't believe that, but I would run my own 5K every other day. I was a CrossFitter three days a week. I rode a bicycle 100 miles a week. I mean, I could literally eat 10, 15,000 calories a day and lose weight. And <clears throat> one day, I tore my gastric muscle. It completely sidelined me. I was no longer able to work out. I was no, no, no longer able to run, ride a bike. I couldn't do any of the things that I loved to do. The runner's high I still had, and it was d- diminished. It started falling off, and I, couldn't, I just couldn't enjoy my life. 
And so during that period, I was eating poorly still. not I wasn't gaining the weight as quickly, but I did start to gain back. And I probably gained back 25 to 30 pounds. And I realized I needed to stop. My mother-in-law was a carnivore. And so I followed her advice and I did what she did for two and a half months. And I got back to my fighting weight. I was 49, felt better than I'd ever felt in my life. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, hey, well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I was looking like you and I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and then I took a methylprednisolone uh, steroid for what we thought was a sinus infection. And that threw me into a stroke. And my stroke was known as a brainstem stroke. And so it wasn't the carnivore life that did that. I was literally laying in the hospital bed the day after my stroke and half my face was melted and swollen like you see. And I was texting like this and I wasn't closing my eye, my eye closed for me. And I'm doing this and I was texting Dr. Sean Baker in California and said, I just had brainstem stroke. And he wrote back to me and I saw the dots pop up in, in real time. He's responding, so I stayed awake. And he said it was a carnival lifestyle that saved you because I've never met a brainstem stroke survivor. I've heard that from every single doctor I've ever spoken to. Mm. So now, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, now we're in your RV right yes. now. I'm, you know, I'm going to show you guys the, the, the RV and uh, um, that's an amazing story. And, well, God uh, wanted me here. Um, you know, people gather here around your RV uh -huh. in awe of this mammoth of an RV turned into a carnivorous uh, uh, vehicle. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. And can you tell us a little bit about you, that journey now that started from uh, that healing journey when you, you know, experienced a stroke and now you're here today? Uh, you know, I you, you have this vibe that gives me that energy that I can see the passion coming from you. I see that because you since you've been to the, the people that I really love is the people who understand who has that empathy for other people. I can see that from you because how you talk and how you articulate yourself, you're so um, you're so genuine. And, it's and, real. Yeah, it's it's real. Um, the very first thing after this, I have to give a shout out to my wife. She was my fiance in the hospital. And she married me in the hospital three days after my stroke. And I asked her why, and she said, because I just want to say I was married to you. I couldn't change my will. I couldn't change my life insurance. Everybody would contest that because, well, I mean, I was supposed to be dead. I, the doctor told my wife, he's not going to wake up tomorrow, so you can sleep in the bed with him. And I woke up the next day. And so um, she was my uh, advocate, and everybody needs an advocate. And if you don't understand the importance of having a good relationship, you need an advocate for everything you do. And she was my advocate. And I didn't really realize it while I was in bed. So between my, my fiance and her brother, who's a pharmacist, they were telling me all the things that, or they were telling doctors what they should or shouldn't do. So as my advocates, they made sure that the hospital did all the right things and that I survived. So six days after being, after first being admitted, I was discharged and um, with her as my advocate, she helped me live my life. And I told her one day, then COVID hit. Uh, let me back up a little bit. My mom passed away three months after my stroke. So that sent me into a massive depression. And people, if you're drinking alcohol, there's a really good chance there's depression in your life. And you're just not admitting it. Quit the alcohol. I, I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to make you aware. Watch Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's actually on the TV playing next to us. Learn about alcohol. It's really bad for you. I didn't, I'm not an alcoholic, but if you've got that personality that says, hey, I'm the life of the party, you're probably the likeliest to become an alcoholic, and they've proven that. So 
I drank alcohol a lot and um, d- washing away the depression, which didn't work. And then my, um, I turned to my wife and I said, either we move into a van and live down by the river, which is the RV life, or I go the way of Chris Farley. And we all know how that turned out. Well, unfortunately, I went the way of Chris Farley getting fat. And I got huge again. Uh, top weight, probably back up to 250-ish. I never, I didn't want to step on the scale. I didn't want to know because I knew I could see it. And um, after that, I changed everything. And when we came off of the road, went, went through COVID, driving around the country, enjoying our life. After that, I said, honey, I can't move back into a house. So I bought her a house back in Daytona. And I stayed in the RV and I converted it to what you see in the video. Because like you said, I have a passion. I want to share that passion because if it saved my life, it's going to save somebody else's. And that's what I want. I just want to spread a message of Christ. I want to spread a message of eating well. I want people to get off of medicines. People want to know an answer. What should I eat? All right, it's real simple. If it was built or made in the last 150 years, that should be guilty until proven innocent and not the other way around. Meat, animal protein, animal fat, that's what we are. We're an animal. That's what we eat. That sustains our lives and that makes us thrive. You can't help but lose weight. And this wasn't a weight loss thing for me. I needed to feel myself again. Getting rid of the alcohol, I didn't have an excuse to to drink something away. Save money when I go out to eat restaurants too. But it was about making a conscious decision to take control of my life. And I turned 53 four days from now. And no, I'm sorry, seven days from now. I turned 53 and I'm going to tell you if I died tomorrow, if I died the minute this podcast stops, I have lived the best life ever in the last year because I started making this positive change in my life. And now I just want to share that with everybody. And you cannot deny how far you come from. No, you showed me that photo. Yeah. I'll share it with you so you can show it here on the screen. And people, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all. I am proud of what I've been through. You have to go through the fire. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. It's almost, I feel like when you're talking, you feel like this almost becomes an obligation for you. You cannot, ha- you cannot not talk about this anymore. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, you know the joke. How do you know somebody's a vegan? They'll tell you. <laughs> How do you know somebody's a CrossFitter? They'll tell you, right? Okay, well, when you see this rig, this starts the conversation. And that's what this is all about. I love to talk, as you yeah. see. Right, but everywhere I go, my followers—it's not my social media. If you don't like what I have to say, and you run the social media, you can actually cancel me. You can't cancel this RV without rolling me off the road. And guess what? If you do that, now it's criminal. People don't want to do things that are criminal anymore. They get caught. Now we're gonna go into the lifestyle part of it. But I—I sure. I love your point about having that support system. Yeah. Having you no, know, kudos to your wife. Shoutouts to your wife. My wife too. And I couldn't be. Me, I couldn't do this this lifestyle without her support. Correct. And I was somebody who was at that darkest, darkest place of my life. They know that story. And without her, without her, you know, just advocating for me and just being there as a support system and just supporting me whenever she can about this lifestyle, I wouldn't be here. I, I feel like she saved my life. She did. And so let's get into the carnivore lifestyle. Sure. Um, sure. To anyone that's just find, finding out about carnivore lifestyle well, what is it and how can they you know ease themselves into carnivore diet okay so i would say the easiest way to get into it is the things that you start eliminating so you are your own best experiment 
right? If you eat something and it makes you feel bad, you're probably not going to eat that again, right? If you go to a restaurant and you eat something that makes you sick, you're probably not going back to that restaurant, right? That's called anecdote. You live that life, you felt it, you experienced it. Well, if you look at your plate and you eliminate all the sides that have seed oils, carbs, which is in everything green that grows under the sun, you've probably heard the science behind that. Everything on that plate that's an animal protein, that's good for you without seed oils. If it's got seed oils, you know what? That's not the worst thing in the world, but the worst thing in the world is the mashed potatoes and everything else, the macaroni and cheese. I'm sure we love it. Start eliminating those things from your diet. And I hate the D word because that's what it is. It's the D word. But diet is what you intake, right? So let's talk about it from that technical perspective. What your dietary intake should be is just the proteins, just the fats, because that's what your body's made of. Everything else was meant for those animals that stood on four legs to eat. So if you start to eliminate that and find out that give yourself five days, seven days, 14 days, give yourself a challenge, create a goalpost. If you don't have that goalpost and you don't have a map, you're going to fail. So create a goalpost, follow the map as provided by you so that they can see because they're going to have questions and follow that path. Don't deviate because the minute you deviate, you make problems for yourself. To truly know what your body can handle, give yourself a fast. 24 hours, 48 hours, you'll find out at the 36 hour mark that you are Superman or Superwoman if you fasted for 36 hours. You feel such a great energy sense, right? Well, once you've done that, when you go back and introduce foods that you like to eat on a daily basis, how does that make you feel? And if it makes you feel bad, cut it out. That's the easiest way to start a carnivore. But if you just go cold turkey, I have somebody that I say I have, I don't have someone, a camper that I met. She had to lose 30 pounds in order to have hip surgery. And she asked me how she could do it after she learned what I do. I said, you simply eat meat. She said, what? Her eyes got that big. I said, yeah, all you have to do is eat meat. But I'm not a doctor, so you're going to have to get this checked out by somebody else. But I can just tell you what might work for you. She used to eat a package of Oreo cookies. I mean, not the little six-pack that you take for travel. The whole package of double-stuffed Oreos, she would eat a pack of those a day with two 16-ounce glasses of milk. It doesn't take much to understand. That's 550 grams of sugar a day between those two things. Now, I can't tell her you need to stop that cold turkey. That's like telling a meth addict you need to stop doing yeah. meth. You need to stop drinking alcohol if you're not yeah. alcoholic. No, you need to wean yourself off of that. But wean yourself off of the things that, that are really not good for you and then start adding in more and more of the healthy fats and the healthy proteins. Fish, chicken, lamb, goat, bison, elk. Eat that. Eat the venison. That's great for you. Cut out the Doritos, cut out the Oreos, yeah. cut out the crap. Yeah. You pointed out a very important thing there that you said feeling good. Like yes. Connecting to what you're eating. Yes. I think that's the most important thing that people are missing is mm-hmm. connecting with their food, uh, connecting with their feelings, and having to be able to um, to you know point to that one thing that made them feel bad. That's right? correct. 100%. And most of most if, if you just cut off the seed oils, you just cut off the, the junk, you'll feel much better. Oh, yeah. And then from there, you can work your way to, you know, eliminating more, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, adding back some, some of the things that you love. But um, that's a great point. It's just, you know, connecting with yourself, connecting with what you're eating, right? Nowadays, we're just unconsciously eating, Yeah. right? Oh, and, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. Well, and that's a really big point. So we just unconsciously eat. You wake up in the morning, you break your fast. That's called breakfast. In case you didn't understand that, you break your fast and you eat oatmeal, 
oh, there's so many bad things about oatmeal. Just, I don't even know where to begin. Um, but you, you start your breakfast off with what you think is good for you. Non-fat, a uh, glass of orange juice full of sugar, uh, fruit full of sugar, uh, maybe some yogurt. You might be dairy intolerant and you don't realize it. You don't understand why you have these itches in your arm or why your hair is changing colors. Or you might have a dairy intolerance and you're just not finding help. But you eat that horrible breakfast and then you go two hours before you reach into your drawer and your desk and you pull out a hundred calorie pack of something junk. I don't care what it is, crackers or cookies. You pull out a hundred calories because they marketed it to you as a hundred calories. Well, it's an individual pack. You can just reach back in your drawer and pull out another one. I was just another hundred calories, it's a big deal, right? So you eat that and then two hours later, you're looking forward to that 12 o'clock lunch. You go out with your friends from work, you eat lunch and what's your lunch? Probably something bad. Oh, but I'm gonna have a salad because I wanna be healthy on top of your fried chicken sandwich or mashed potatoes, whatever. You're just compounding your problems. Then two hours later, as your body is crashing, you need to refill your sugar tank. So you eat another one of those snacks out of your drawer. This time it's in the left side drawer. That's probably where your sugar is. You take that out, you eat that. Then you go another two hours and then you're off work, you go home. And I'm talking about the typical nine to five, which has kind of changed because of COVID. But now you've got this, this mentality that I'm gonna eat at five or six o'clock. So you go home and you eat again. And then two hours after that, you're probably sitting in front of the TV and you're watching Breaking Bad and you're eating some not good ice yeah. cream. You're watching Better Call Saul and you're eating some chips. You're feeding yourself six times a day. And there is this horrible, horrible methodology that you need to feed your body every two hours. No, I eat at two o'clock. I don't eat until two. I took Dr. Huberman's advice. You wake up in the morning, I have my coffee, and then you get on your bicycle or you run or you work out like somebody's chasing you with a needle. And you do that as hard as you can. And then when you're done, you go take your shower, a cold shower. If you haven't done a cold shower, you're missing yeah. out. Take a cold shower and then get on with your day. And then don't eat until two o'clock. What you've just taught your body to do is eat itself. You feel great. You're not hungry because your body is consuming itself. If you're your size, there's not much to consume. So you don't really need to do that. But if you were my size, you might need to do that. So then you eat at two o'clock and then when you eat, you eat something that's high fat, you eat something with high protein, and that might sustain you for another 24 hours and most people don't believe that. Until they prove it to themselves, give yourself three days, seven days, 14 days, I don't care. Give yourself time to figure that out because when you've done it, you now know what your body needs. Don't worry about what the media says. Don't worry about what Big Pharma says. Don't worry about what your doctor tells you. Worry about how you feel. Yes. And then let that be your own proof. Yes. Right? Yes. Let me be a devil's advocate here. For Go a for second. it. Um, what if somebody comes, you know, maybe a family member or somebody close tells you that, uh, well, um, I do eat, eat healthy, but sometimes I just can't let go of that, uh, you know, that maybe that cookie on the weekend or ice cream on that weekend how do they create a sustainable lifestyle like you do where does that come from where is that consistency coming from i am a firm believer in sacrifice everybody needs to understand what sacrifice means and sacrifice means you're giving up something to your own detriment i'm 53 years old if i'm driving by a fast food joint that sells something i like i'm in full control 
I can pull right into that drive-thru, get what I want, and keep on going. I can eat that Chick-fil-A. I can eat an In-N-Out burger with the bun. I can do anything I want because I'm in control. And so what I control myself to do is eat the bad things. So how do you do that? You don't do it. And you have to tell yourself, don't do it. I'm not judging you. What I'm saying is it's your responsibility. It's not mine. It's not his. It's not your parents. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your girlfriend. It's you in control. So you control yourself. And if you can't control yourself, you know what? You have a personal problem. And if you don't like hearing that, tell cookies. Because the world ain't easy. But you have to make the decision for yourself. And that's my goal, is to help people understand it's your responsibility. Stop blaming genetics. That's a lie. Stop blaming your DNA. Same part of genetics. Stop blaming, well, all right, blame your parents to tell you to eat everything on your plate and then you can have dessert. You can blame your parents for that because I blamed mine. You don't need the dessert. What you need is self-control. So control yourself. When somebody says, well, I'm not giving up my beer, you just told me how weak you are. I was a smoker for 18 years. I quit smoking a long time ago. I let that little cigarette control my life until I didn't. One day I said, are you kidding me? You keep me from enjoying my life. You keep me from enjoying time with my family. You stink up my car. You stink up my house. Why am I letting something like that control me? I am me. Yeah, I love that, brother. I love so, that. <laughs> so that's it, man. Take wow. control of yourself. Man. So that's, how do you do it? Powerful. Get some balls. Put it on a t-shirt, brother. Get some well, balls. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Craig, the RV carnivore, for coming on and sharing your story with us today. My pleasure. Um, we're going to change a lot of lives here, guys. Um, we cannot so. deny. I've seen the pictures. You can't deny the proof. There's proof in the pudding here, guys. Yes, sir. Um, you can't deny it anymore. I still have a long way to go. Don't be fooled. Yes, I do look fat because I still am, but I hit 200 today, and I was 250 in December. That's four months. Yes, four months. Yes, sir. Great. Thank, Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate it. You're doing a great thing out here. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Listen to this guy. All right. That's all right. That awesome, bro. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to another great episode here on the Ketones and Coffee podcast. And we've had such a pleasure of hosting yet another amazing guest here, guys. If you're eager to learn more about the secrets of succeeding on the ketogenic lifestyle, be sure to check out the show notes. As a special treat for our loyal listeners, I'm offering an exclusive opportunity for a free consultation call. Discover how you can achieve success on the ketogenic lifestyle by simply referring to the details provided in the show notes take advantage guys of this unique chance to enhance your journey to a healthier you and stay tuned for more captivating episodes and until next time guys keep embracing the power of ketones